All right. Well, uh, again, good to see you. It is good to be God's people together. It's good to be instead of do many times. We don't just value prayer and space and silence with God. We want to practice it, and that's what we're here to do this evening. This evening, we're going to encounter in the scriptures, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, a man who is deaf and mute. And um, when I think about this passage, and it's really been working on me for the last couple weeks, I think about how many of us at some times in our life struggle to hear from and even speak to God. I think many of us come to Jesus, just like this deaf man, unable to hear, and just like this man who is also mute, Sometimes we come to Jesus and we're unable to speak. Sometimes we feel like we're not saying the right things, or we've not been living the right way, or we've simply realized that we've just been too busy for Him. Or perhaps in our deepest places we feel like He's really not there listening and loving us. Maybe I'm the only one, but I suspect that many of us have felt this way. So this is why a night like tonight... I hope and pray that you would encounter Jesus just like this deaf man and this mute man. And so when I think about this also, I think about um, just how we need to be taken aside and take a step away from the crowd in order to hear from him. So if you look up on the screen, we're going to take this healing, this passage, in just a few chunks, and we're going to respond to three movements that I see in this healing. So look with me on the screen at Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 32. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee. By the way, our picture here is of the Sea of Galilee. And into the region of the Decapolis. There, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And look what they did. They begged Jesus to place his hand on him. When I was young in ministry, someone told me a principle that has stuck with me throughout my whole life since I've heard that, especially as I'm dealing with people. And maybe you can relate to me. He was um, a Mexican citizen who came to the United States, and he dealt with a lot of people who were over here illegally and who were in great need of getting right in this country and just having basic things like trying to just navigate this new world. And he was in this context and he said, I've learned that ministry or helping people, especially people in desperate need, is like a trip to the lavanderia or the laundromat. He says, many people come to you and they have just dirty baggage. They have a whole pile of clothes that need washing. And sometimes they'll say, hey, deal with this. Have you experienced when people come to you and they just unload it at your feet and just wants you to fix it? Well, he says ministry is like a trip to the lavanderia because you can't clean the clothes Your responsibility, however, is to stand next to them, to put a shoulder up under the dirty clothes bag and walk with them to the washing machine and know that Jesus can actually do something about it. 
You can't wash their clothes for them. They can't even wash their clothes. But you can help take them and their baggage to the one who can actually wash and do something about it. And I think that many of us, if we are still and quiet enough, like we're about to be in these moments, we can begin to think about all the needs of others. Earlier, we just prayed for Tyler Malmgren. And you're thinking of so many others in your family circles who are sick, who are in need. Or maybe you're thinking of those people who are sick mentally, emotionally. They're in a place where they need some kind of restoration. And so this first movement, we have to stop and see, look at these friends who actually cared enough to take hold of this man who, think about it, was completely cut off from the community around him. As everyone's talking and singing and having a great time over meals and, uh, and going about daily life, he is completely cut off because he can't hear them. And then even if he wanted to reach out and try to get some help to get to Jesus, he could not speak these words to them. But what we see here is these people who cared about this man who is in great need and who um, was completely cut off, we see them taking this man, taking initiative, putting their shoulder under the dirty clothes bag and walking him to Jesus. And then what did they do? What does it say? What did they do? ask of Jesus? They begged Jesus. And if you're like me, I'm good at sometimes politely asking Jesus. But I want to tell you, church, that we have freedom to beg Jesus. And when we don't have the words or we struggle to speak, if we're like the deaf man, the mute man, the Holy Spirit of God is interceding for us with words too deep, groans too deep, for our understanding is what he says in Romans 8. So let's use these moments to put this shoulder under the bag of those people you're thinking about, caring about, in need of healing, physically, emotionally, spiritually, or relationally. And don't just ask politely, but use these moments to beg continuously that Jesus would work, that Jesus would move. So here now... Uh, Take a look again at these verses. Consider these people and use these moments to take these people to Jesus in prayer. Beg Jesus to put his hand on their lives. As the band plays quietly, these moments are for you to take others to Jesus.
And Lord, we ask you to hear our prayer because we are begging that you would move and you would work. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, our King. Amen. Away from the crowd. Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephaphtha, which means be opened. And at this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Now, whether you've come to Jesus for the first time or the thousandth time, the invitation is still the same, and it's three words. It's come to me. At some point when his friends in the first movement took him to Jesus, at some point he had to take a step also. We can beg people like we've just done, beg Jesus to move in them, to work in them. But at some point, whether it's by God's grace or by their just final sheer breakthrough, they must take a step to Jesus. But we're invited to take a step to Jesus too. But I think a lot of times we resist that because we say we're too busy, we don't want to, or maybe I think it's just because it's uncomfortable in our culture to be still, to be quiet. And I think sometimes we might be afraid that Jesus would finally get too personal with us. Did you see what Jesus did when the guy finally stepped aside and was taken aside away from the crowd by Jesus? He got personal. Yes, it's okay. Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. And then he spit on his hand and placed it on his tongue. But what I see there is this intimate, powerful togetherness, that Jesus is not afraid of your mess. Jesus is not blind to the places where you need him. He is able to enter in right where you are, to meet you right where you are, not where you think you ought to be. His invitation is, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary, who are burned out, who are dead tired, who are spiritually broke down, who are physically broke down. Come to me, come to me, come to me. Whether it's the first time or the thousandth time, will you come to Jesus? Yes, he might get personal. But I think if we don't take a step and sit down, he may never be able to do the work he wants to do. I think about every afternoon before church, we're trying to get our girls dressed and ready. And all they want to do is run around the house, run around the house. And we can't fix their hair. I said we, I mean Amy can't fix their hair. <laughs> unless they finally just sit down in our lap and let us do what we need to do. And I think the same is true as we wander and busy ourselves are we able to sit down to be with him, even if it's personal, to actually come to him? Because I think he's been waiting for this moment longer than you have. So let's come to Jesus, be taken aside by him where we are, and imagine this scene that we just read. Imagine what the first words this man said to Jesus. Could you in your mind's eye imagine Jesus wanting to touch those blockages and broke down places and say, be opened, speaking life into them. 
And could you imagine what this man saw? I bet he saw Jesus smiling and beaming after this man is restored and healed. So would you come to Jesus as he takes us aside in these moments and just consider those blockages in your life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and use these moments to allow him to work in these places as the band plays quietly and as we come to Jesus.
Lord, we thank you for these moments. We pray that you would continue to meet with us as we sing to you. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. So Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. His friends took this man to Jesus. The man stepped out and was taken aside by Jesus. And finally, the whole crowd was taken aback by Jesus. See, a healing is never just a healing in the Gospels. It's not just like Jesus was a walking emergency room. Jesus was there to bring God's reign on earth as it is in heaven. So every time he was healing, every time he was moving, it was to declare that this sickness, this uh, evil, this oppression, all of this injustice is not how it ought to be. So when he is healing and moving and working and ministering, he's proclaiming God's kingdom come, and then he demonstrates it with every healing, every liberation, every time he moves and works. He's demonstrating God's reign and saying, these things are not how it ought to be. But I am here showing you that God's kingdom has come, and it is coming. And so we continue to beg Jesus to place his hand on those people who are in need and we continue to come to Jesus when we ourselves are in need and we do so because we're just crazy enough to believe that Jesus can actually do something about it and if he hasn't yet then we keep coming and we keep begging and then I think the third movement we see that we trust that someday he will fully And I think this crowd was amazed at what happened. And I think what they had ringing in their ears is this passage that's on your handout here this evening in Isaiah 35, that when God's kingdom comes, then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And I think we need to put ourselves in this last moment to imagine those places of brokenness, of bitterness. If we can in our mind's eye, with kingdom vision, imagine God's reign coming on earth and in these situations as it is in heaven, I think we can begin to hope and trust that the one who spoke so long ago is still speaking and the one who healed so long ago is still healing. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. But I believe that if we would let ourselves with a kingdom imagination believe that he can do what he says he can do and he is who he says he is, we can be just as amazed, just as full of wonder and worship as these people here. And so use these moments to imagine how the things that you've prayed for this evening would look if God's kingdom broke through. And can you praise him for his faithfulness thus far? And if he hasn't worked yet, can you trust him for his faithfulness in the future. So these last moments are yours to just worship, reflect, and imagine. Maybe take hold of one of those um, vivid pictures in that Isaiah passage in your handout and imagine God's will being done and his kingdom come.
before we close with communion. May you continue to take those you love to Jesus, begging him to work in their lives and trusting that his hand can restore them to the abundant life promised for those in his kingdom. May you follow Jesus' invitation to step away from the crowd, turning down the noise of the world long enough to hear the still small voice of the one who calls you beloved. May you lay your head down each night this week, amazed at how God is at work in his creation, remembering all the small and incredible ways his kingdom is coming on earth as it is in heaven. Go in peace.